Here's Michael at the foul line. A shot on Elo. Good! The Bulls win! They win it! Don't you open your mouth about the best. Or you're going to send it for you real quick. L-O-B. Listen, we talking about practice. Not a game. Not a game. Not a game. We talking about practice. Lewis gets it to LeBron for three for the win. Yes! LeBron James at the buzzer! when you stepped in the batter's box. Go yard. I'm in. I'm a pitcher. Why not stay as hard as I can? I got nothing to lose. It's nothing to man above. Don't put you in situations that you can't handle. Instead of saying, why me? They're saying, this is what he want me to do. And, uh... Cleveland! This is for you! The way we approach the game is the same way we approach life. You do the right thing. You make the right play. Make the right play. And in life, it's the same thing. What do you feel in your heart is the right thing to do? And you do that. You know, it seems so simple, but sometimes the simplest things are the hardest things to do. And um, uh, I think it's just that. Welcome to what? The game. Me. To me. What's going on? What's going on, people? Welcome back to another episode of What the Game Means to Me, our Bell and Brown Hour. I got my co-host, of course, today with me again, Thaddeus Bell. How are you doing today, sir? What's good? What's good? Another day, another episode. Of course. Definitely, definitely ready to get into it. Um, as you guys can see, new layout. Um, we are, we're going to do things a little bit differently, you know, starting New Year's, a new year, new us, got new layouts. We're going to start putting, uh, you know, some guys that we – Want to talk about throughout the week as our little overlay. So today we got Philip and Drew. Of course, uh, both of them, well, one supposedly supposed to retire and then one announced it today. Uh, so we got these guys We're paying our respects to them as our overlay. But like I said, fully loaded episode. Going to get into all the divisional round uh, games that happened this past weekend. Um, probably talk a few news bits that's uh, coming in or basically going to the games this upcoming week, weekend as well. Um, got a few new segments we're going to introduce today as well and then of course pay our respects like i said to philip and drew um so first things first we're going to start off with the bills and titans uh just the game our overall thoughts uh everything that happened uh so what did you think about this uh this matchup uh bills and ravens gotta correct you on that one but uh you know know kind of what i kind of what i expected i expected lamar to play better but i expected the bills to just overwhelm them over time Uh, i expect to be low scoring too because these are two teams known for their defense as well as their offense at times so uh, nothing too much of a surprise. A little bit of discipline in Lamar, a really bad, bad interception. Mm-hmm. That time, interception that changed the game. But uh, Josh Allen played well. He made the plays he needed to. He just he kind of understood how the game was going to go. It didn't. It wasn't one of those games where he was going to throw for 350, four touchdowns. Like he was just going to have to control the ball, make smart decisions, just execute the game plan. Um, and they they controlled the ball better. They took care of the ball better than the. Um, than the Ravens, and that's why they came out on top. Pretty much, you put it perfectly. Yeah, that the interception is really just kind of just blew the game wide because, like, it was a defense about pretty much the whole entire game. You know, with with the Bills, they only scored ten points offensively, and they you know been on a tear. You know, putting up thirty points. You know, for as long as we can remember. So yeah, it was a defense about, and unfortunately, red zone, um, a very important touchdown would have tied up the game. You know. He just didn't see uh floated. Mm-hmm. Taron Johnson. Yeah, Taron Johnson. Yep, floated back. 
caught the interception and took it to the house. Like I think the announcer said it that, you know, yeah, throwing a pick is one thing, but you got to get him to the ground, you know, after that, pretty much you can't let him, you know, just take it to the house like that. So unfortunately it was an, you know, untimely interception. Then next drive, of course, we saw him get knocked out of the game, uh, you know, concussion protocol and everything. So that pretty much put put a damper on, you know, the, any hopes of the Ravens coming back in this one. So, yeah, uh, I guess shout out to the Bill. I know you're going to have something to say about them later on. Kudos to them for pulling it out. Uh, they've had a great season. They can continue on having a great season, uh, I guess, this upcoming week when they match up with the you know, defending Super Bowl champs. Next, uh, of course, we got Packers and the Rams, um, another game I think we both kind of figured would go the way it did um, with some of their stars being – pretty much ailed by injury uh, and Aaron Donald and um, Jared Goff. So what do you think about this one, uh, Thad? And how do you, uh, how do I guess you think the Packers fare in this upcoming weeks? For me, it wasn't a bad game. The Rams didn't play particularly terrible, bad or anything. Um, no. I just feel like Aaron Donald not being a hundred percent had a bigger impact than people will notice. Like your ribs as a D lineman, if you can't really, you know, extend all that stuff, getting hit there, not being 100% just does a lot to his game. Mm-hmm. And as you can tell, he wasn't an impact. And I think that's really the reason he was kind of tearing up on the sideline. I don't think it was because they lost. It was because they lost. He knows how hard it is to get back. And it was because he couldn't be his best for the team. Like, he's the, best, he's the best player on the team. And he couldn't he couldn't show up how he wanted to, so that bothered him. But, uh, you know, it wasn't a bad game. Jared Goff didn't even play well play bad uh speaking to injured people he was like 21 to 27 it was more dink and dunkish at times yeah. but he did what he had to do didn't turn over the ball but uh the packers you know they just they played well they're they're pretty balanced to me i like that little three-headed monster they had they had uh jones williams and then the rookie aj Dillon mm-hmm. running back by committee i they're pretty dangerous when they're like that uh i don't know if the elements limited them or the rams defense being well but it wasn't i i was surprised they didn't put up a little more points Mm-hmm. Because how hot they were, but uh, it was it was a it was a good game. Not too much to talk about. Not too many big mistakes. The Packers just played a little bit better. Yeah. Um, and Aaron Donald, I just feel like if Aaron Donald was 100 percent healthy, the game might have changed. He might have, you know, caused a sack on third down to cause him to punt when they end up getting points or a, a forced fumble, something. A yeah. big play to impact the game. He wasn't able exactly. To, that didn't help. Yeah, exactly. Like you just said, because you know, typically teams they already got a game plan going in. They already, you know double team sometimes even have him triple teamed and sometimes he can still make an impact but you know with the hurting Aaron Donald and being double teamed um like you said taking some rib shots not being able to affect the quarterback like he normally would be able to definitely like you said just even though Aaron Rodgers is a great quarterback he's pretty mobile he can you know extend plays you know with the best of them him I guess Aaron Donald obviously we see in this picture him not being able to get to the quarterback and put some type of pressure on him allowed him to kind of do the things that he you know, we're used to seeing Aaron Rodgers do, even with the elements yeah. in the snow. Um, like I said, he was able to play a few times. I know with one key throw, I believe, was uh, when he found, uh, was it Robert? Turning. Yeah, turning, yeah. yeah. I'll be having trouble saying his last name sometimes, yeah. And then um, I think another time to Lazard as well. Um, wide open touchdown. Yeah, I think it, yeah exactly. It was, uh, was kind of cooking up all game, but yeah, like stuff like that, you know, if Aaron was healthy, he probably would have been able to get, get in his face, and some of those plays may not have happened. So, um, like you said, I I, I kind of already knew more than likely, you know, the Packers were going to come out on top. Um, I think it was, like you said, it was a good game, pretty balanced game, and, um, you know, winning by two TDs uh, in a playoff game and continuing to roll on. I think uh, they're, you know, setting prime to get a little bit of um, – a little bit of revenge this upcoming week against the Bucks because we know this this uh you know early in the season they pretty much handled them 
I think uh, it's going to be a good matchup between the, those two teams uh, for the NFC title to go to the Super Bowl. Um, then next, we're going to hit on the Chiefs and Browns. A lot more entertaining than I think a lot of people would have gave credit for. I think this is probably my favorite game of the week. But I'll let you of course, uh, let you start first and uh, you know give your thoughts overall on the game and you know the Chiefs overall you know going into next week. Uh, good game. Well, first of all, I'm going to start with next week. Actually, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. They you know they won this week, but if they don't have Patrick Mahomes, there's nothing to really talk about. The Bills are going to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think there's any way. But to talk about the game, it was a little a surprising game, like you said. I expected the Chiefs to win by more than they did, win more handily. Mm-hmm. But the Browns show they can compete. Uh, that they're they'll be a they'll be a team to watch for. You know, Baker if Baker plays better, they get Odell back, they get some help. Uh, they can to watch out for. It was a decent game. You know, the 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 Browns. Uh, they some plays they had a few plays that didn't go their way to change the game. That could have had the game even be closer and would have been yep. scary with Mahomes being hurt. Uh, yeah. we're gonna I know we're gonna talk about too. the fumble later, but yeah, it was a. Uh, I don't know. This game was a little surprising to me. The Browns played – they didn't play bad. I don't think the moment was too big for them. I think that win against Pittsburgh did a little something for them, and they hung around. Like, it wasn't a blowout. Even with Mahomes being in, they didn't just – besides the first drive and a couple other drives, they didn't just move the ball down the field at will. Like, you know, they had to struggle a little bit at times. Mm-hmm. And Baker didn't play that bad. He could have played a little better. But it's not – this game was just interesting to me. It's kind of hard to talk about because I think I would have won it completely different way if Mahomes was there they would have pulled away eventually but because he wasn't it was a close game and uh Andy Reid made a gutsy call to to seal the game yeah and out of all people like you could see him calling that on fourth down with Mahomes but not Chad Henney rolling out yeah. like to the right and he had to make the throw which he did yeah pretty clutch because he had to make up for that pick uh exactly. I don't know what that yeah. was I remember saying something about Mahomes throwing uh that pass to Tyreek calling that a punt in the Super Bowl. That was a punt. Uh, mm-hmm. Carl Joseph literally just like <laughs> could a like, fair catch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was like it literally was nobody in. Like I mean, I saw he was trying I to saw, throw two. Yeah, exactly, but it, it wasn't even there. close. Yeah, yeah. exactly but what you just said. Good. Um, you know, interesting to see what's going to happen next week. But it was an interesting game for sure. Had me watching to the very end because I didn't expect this at all. Yeah. What's Same, your take on it? Yeah, like like you say. I mean, at a point. You know, it was it was it was what sixteen or nineteen to three, something like mm-hmm. that. Um, and of course, that was right around. You know, I think the Browns end up you know driving down the field, uh, scoring a TD, making nineteen ten. Yep, and then that's pretty much the drive. That next drive, when Mahomes went out uh, with the concussion. So, like you said, that's pretty much where the game honestly started. Um, because again, Browns got the ball back, or I think yeah, they was able to get a field goal out of the drive. But you know, Browns got the ball back, scored another touchdown. You know, which I wasn't expecting. You know, I thought that was gonna. You know, rally up. You know, they're big guys. Who's going to make plays? Um, but like I said, Browns took advantage, went down the uh, field, scored again, 17-22. I know one of the big things. Uh, I know Jeff. Uh, you, we've had a chance to talk to him before on here, but mm-hmm. he, the biggest thing that he had to say about it was, you know, why punt? You know, you took what it took you twenty some years to get back to the playoffs. You just destroyed Pittsburgh. You know, you took advantage at the times when Mahomes was out. You know, when are you going to get back? You never know when you're going to get back to this spot because, you know, every single year is different. So he was like, why would why would they – I think it was – I don't know how many minutes left it was. I think it was four or five minutes left, basically, before they got the ball back and Chad Henney, you know, made those two gussy plays. Um, he's like, why would you punt the ball when it's fourth down? I think it was still fourth and short. You know, they have a chance to basically – I honestly think if they would have scored on that drive, they probably would be in the AFC championship game. So it was like, why would you run it? And, um, you know, 
just give up that chance when you've been waiting so long. Your city, as a city, as a fan base, everything that y'all have gone through to even get to that point um, of the year, and you say gave the ball right back, even though it is, you know, it's Chad Henney, it's still Andy Reid calling the plays. You just can't, you know, give up that type of situation, that type of scenario, um, and just punt it away. And I guess trust your defense and trusting the defense that was hobbled. You know, Denzel Ward that just came back, um, he wasn't really a hundred percent. Miles Garrett wasn't a hundred percent. You know, like we were talking about Aaron Donald, he wasn't really able to affect. Uh, the quarterback that that much. Yeah, he was, hold on, real quick to cut you off. I don't mean yeah. to cut you off, but I saw him like on some third down. No, not third downs. On first and second downs, he was on the mm-hmm. sideline. Yeah, good. kneeling down and stuff. That I was forgot what his injury was. Yeah, but he was he was hobbled and injured as well. Um, he had a few impact plays with Chad Heaney was in the game, but when Patrick Mahomes was in, he really couldn't do too too much. So, um, yeah, yeah just like so, so that type of situation, like you say, it comes down to. I mean, they just got to take a chance. You know, I, I would, you know, bet it against my offense picking up that fourth down versus, you know, trusting my defense to stop a, even though it's Patrick Mahomes not heading them, stopping a Chiefs offense that has so many weapons. Like, all you really got to do is get them the ball in space and they can make plays. So, you know, like I said, it just, I guess for Browns fans and the organization kind of sucked to see them and just a casual fan kind of watching the game, you know, it kind of sucked to see them not take that chance. But, you know, I guess – you live and you learn, and that's the result that you get at the end of the day when, you know, you don't take chances after not being in playoffs for, for so, so long. But it's neither here or there. And I know we'll talk a little bit later about, you know, Patrick Mahomes and then the game's upcoming week. But, you know, the last divisional game we'll hit on, of course, is the Bucks and Saints. Another another good one um, against two great legends, uh, you know, heading those teams at quarterback. So what did you think of this game? And uh, what do you think the Bucks would do against, you know, the Packers this upcoming week? Uh, what kind of shot do you give them to make it to the championship or Super Bowl, rather? Um, I'm going to go backwards again. I'm going to start with that game. Uh, mm-hmm. I feel like it's going to – I don't know, man. I really don't. I feel like the Packers are going to get revenge for the week six game, but – the Bucks, Tom Brady's more motivated than ever to prove everybody wrong, to prove, like, you know, more of like the Shaq and Kobe thing I can win without the other guy. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I really don't know. It's going to be a good game. I don't think – I think this one could go to OT. I think the Bucks are playing well. Their defense is playing well. Uh, they're just clicking at the right time, and it will be an interesting game. But to talk about this one, it was an interesting game, I, but I but I, I was correct in my pick. I picked the Bucks to win. Um, I didn't see Tom Brady getting swept. By another uh, Hall of Fame, you know, foe, legendary quarterback. Mm-hmm. It went out very bad, but <laughs> it was. I just saw this coming, you know. I saw the Bucks get revenge. They played well. It wasn't the order. It wasn't their regular type game. Um, you know, they had a. They were very balanced with Rojo and Fournette each going for sixty yards on like twelve carries. And their leading receiver being Cameron Bray and Leonard Fournette was just the surprising part. But they did what they had to do. Like uh, Lattimore and uh, Jack Rabbit took care of uh, AB and. Mike Evans, and then they put the third guy on Godwin, mm-hmm. and they did what they had to do. Tom Brady took who was open. Uh, Brady was feasting on the linebackers, and the linebackers couldn't guard Fournette either, even on the little uh, angle route or whatever he ran, the choice route for mm-hmm. the touchdown. But, you know, the Bucks played well. They did what they had to do. They didn't turn the ball over. They executed, and they took the ball away from the Saints. That's really the the difference maker. Uh, yeah. They made, made Drew Brees look real pedestrian. They played a lot of um, – Cover cover zero man like under you know what I mean I mm-hmm. mean yeah like cover two cover two man yeah with the guys playing underneath for the most part to make him push the ball down the field and he didn't good game plan by Todd Bowles great game by Devin White he would be my Extreme, I know we're gonna do yeah. the segment later but he would be my like player of the week player of the game mm-hmm. pretty much because he was he was everywhere force fumbles picks yeah, ev- everything yeah. yeah but uh shout out to the Bucks they played their game. 
they shut down Drew Brees, shut down Michael Thomas, Slant Boy, mm-hmm. and they they did what they had to do, and they're moving on. Yeah, like you just said, I, I I went the other way, of course. I know we did our picks, uh, you know, the other weeks, but uh, you went with Bucks, I went with the Saints, uh, and I knew it was gonna be a tall task for them to to sweep them. You know, it's hard when you know it's pretty much not impossible, but you know, it's not always in your favor when you're playing a team three times and, you know, trying to go for a sweep. So, you know, it's just hard being a team three times in one season, especially in division. You know, they probably mm-hmm. obviously would have you figure out by then, you know, can figure out, you know, where your weaknesses are. And like you just said, they was feasting on the linebackers. Linebackers for the Saints are – they're really they're really good. I know they it's got Quan Alexander, you know, by trade trade deadline. He's probably their best covered um, linebacker. But other than that, like Demario Davis – Great run stopper, great leader, but like you said, may struggles at times, especially having to guard maybe a, a speedy back or a speedy um tight end. Like you said, he feasted on the linebackers. They he took what they gave him, um, and they was able to come out on top with the win. Uh, unfortunately, like you said, on the other side with Drew Brees, you never want to see a legend like that go out on three picks. Uh, I know one of the picks he, he tried to give his team a chance uh, down the you know down the stretch, trying to throw it to Jared Cook, and unfortunately he wasn't able to to, to corral it in, went off his shoulder pad. And they took it for, you know, took it the other way for a few yards. But like I said, at the beginning of the game, I don't know, like it was, you know, really back and forth. Both sides was playing a good game. Um, like you said, the Bucks defense stepped up tremendously. They shut down Michael Thomas, as you can see. He had pretty much zeros across the the, the stat line. Kamara was held pretty much to, to, to nothing, according to typically what he normally would do. And like I said, Drew Brees throwing three picks pretty much hurt them because every single time he threw a pick is when, the Bucks capitalized and scored it, scored uh, you know, scored points. I think two of them being a touchdown and one a field goal. But you know, that's pretty much 17 points right there out of the 30 that they scored. You know, it's gonna be hard for any team to overcome that. Uh, you know, three turnover, three takeaways, and then on the defensive side, not getting any type of takeaways back. You said they took care of the ball, zero turnovers. Brady took what they was giving them. He said shut up. He shut down the outside weapons. He'll go running back. He'll go tight end. There's pretty much weapons all over the field for them. Like I said, good game by them. Unfortunately, you don't want to see Drew go out the way he did, but I think it's time, um, which we'll be talking about in a second. And you know, Tom Brady moves on. He faced Aaron Rodgers, another decorated quarterback um, that's going to probably go down, you know, as one of the greatest as well. And it's going to be a great matchup this upcoming. Really excited to see this one. That one probably will be the game of the week, depending on you know what's going on. They're both the good games, though. Yeah, exactly. They're both, definitely both, both good games. games. Probably going to be high-scoring games both on both sides as well, too. So yep. it's going to come down to whichever defense um, is able to make a make a stop and a key stop at that. Um, but like I said, we just got done talking about these two. Probably last time they'll meet. It's kind of pending, but most people are saying Breeze is going to wrap it up. You know, hang up the hang up the cleats. So, um, of course, like I said today, we're kind of dedicating. Uh, the episode a little bit to Philip and Drew, um, two legend quarterbacks that retiring. So, you know, we'll kind of you know say, say our congratulations. You did it, you did it, my friend. Um, got out of there not too too injured. I know for for Drew a little different because you know he's just coming off of damn near half a broken body a few weeks ago. Um, yeah. So, congrats, Drew and uh, Philip for you know decorated career. And you know, I'll let you start first. That you know, kind of giving your thoughts um, on these two guys, and then we'll kind of go into. Know, whether we think they're you know first ballot hall of famers or not i think the unanimous answer probably will be yes but you know we'll, we'll pay our respects and do so i'll let you go first um for both of them good careers great careers one better than one better than the other but long lengthy careers i don't i can't recall what year drew came out 2003 it might, might have been two yeah and um philip coming out in 2004 with eli and big ben uh, 
both great careers, man. Franchise QB. One's career was a little different than the other starting out, but you know, and it's crazy that they, uh, Philip Rivers. I wasn't even thinking about this. He's the he's the guy that replaced Drew Brees, so it's kind of mm-hmm. you know it's a little ironic, but uh, great careers. Nothing to be upset with, you know. Philip, he was a competitor, one of the best trash, probably the best trash talking QB. Yeah. Uh, in NFL history, I hope I'm not counting anybody out, but from what I can recall, like he he got in everybody's head, but he didn't mean any harm. Uh, great quarterback, great competitor. Drew has almost every record in the book with a Super Bowl win over Peyton. So, you know, it's a great career, nothing to be uh, upset with. They were both doubted at times and they both, you know, pulled through. I wish Phillip would have got a ring. I know the Chargers were trying to get him one, yeah. but uh, he's a warrior, man. And his only AFC championship game he played on played with no ACL. So, you know, shout out to him. He's a true definition of a leader. And I know you said we'll talk about the Hall of Fame part later, but uh, yeah, shout out to them. Just great careers. Yeah. And I hope they enjoy it. I know they're going in healthy. For both of them, it was kind of time though. Like you'd see their bodies breaking mm-hmm. down on them. So yeah. glad they made the smart decision not to go any far, not to do any more, uh, not to do any damage to their career, you know? So yeah, shout out to them. Yeah, um, I'll start, of course, with uh, Drew first. Um, I watched the other guys on Off the Ball Network. I don't know if they're tuned in right now, but I watched them last night. They kind of did, you know, similar thing um, in Mo, um, from Mo up in Flames. He pretty much said kind of like what you just said, uh, especially for Drew Brees, you know, we don't want to see him go out the way he did, but, you know, sometimes that's just how it has to be. You know, you don't always have the storybook ending, um, you know, riding off in the horse in the sunset uh, with a championship, like, you know, maybe a Peyton Manning or, um, some other guys, uh, Michael Strahan. So, um, unfortunately, we didn't want to see him going out on three picks, but as you just said, for both these guys, it was kind of time. We can kind of see it in their games. Became a little bit more pedestrian. Their arm strength wasn't, you know, fully there. They wasn't able to get the ball to certain receivers in tight windows like normal, um, like, you know, in the prime of their careers. We said the other week with Phillip, his attempt at a Hail Mary didn't even reach, what, the five-yard line? Um three interceptions unfortunately um so like you just said it they both had decorated careers both of them um started out a little bit different and i wanted to correct uh, both of us actually drew came out in 2001 spent his first five years with san diego um and then of course okay. yeah and then of course the rest with uh sean payton in, in new orleans but um great careers by both guys um we'll see what uh jeff said i think there's a chance drew plays one more that and that you say, I think I I think so as well. And I know I, I watched you guys last night, Jeff. Um, and I'm hoping not obviously one because I'm a Falcons guy, he's been terrorizing us the last few years, but um, I don't know. Like you say, it, you, you don't want to see him go out the way he did. I feel like he might not want to go out the way he did as well, but I don't know. It's kind of like 50 50 ball with me right now, maybe with him as well. You know, I know he said even at the beginning of this year, it, he might wrap it up, it's probably his last one. Um, yeah, I don't I think- he with the kids was he 40 now 41 not 40 now he's 40 yeah like 41 so i don't know but it would be interesting to see him come back for one more chance one more round that that would be i don't think he can hold up for another season his arm i don't think his arm or his body can hold up like i feel like that again on that that check down on the choice route to alvin kamar and the slants to emmanuel sanders and uh, michael thomas all game like at some point he's gonna have to push the ball at least past 15 yards and i don't think he can do that being accurate with and with enough velocity with me honestly after if i'm sustaining broken ribs and they're continuing to find broken ribs like within that week week and a half for me i would wrap it up but you know i know he's a competitor you know he's faced 
this type of adversity all his life. What he, he came off a shoulder injury, and that's why I guess what he went to New Orleans in a uh, what free agent deal. Um, mm-hmm. Instead, I guess San Diego taking that chance on him and resigning him again. But um, like I said, he's dealt with adversity all his life. Even being an undersized quarterback, I know that was one thing the guys hit on a lot last night as well. You know, kind of the poster child for you know six feet or just that six feet, barely barely six feet, under six feet quarterbacks to kind of succeed and pave that path for them. You know, we see Russell Wilson now, Colin Murray, you know, guys like that. So with uh, with him, it, it's, it's great to see him, I guess, change the way that, you know, scouters and coaches and all these other people think about, you know, quarterbacks that may not be the, the typical 6'3", 6'5", 230 or whatever the case may be. But yeah, like at this point, I think, it's maybe time to wrap it up. Um, I know we're about to get into like the Hall of Fame talk. He threw for almost, well, almost 800 and 500 yards. I think he uh, finished with eight, 80,358. Like you just said, that's pretty much every stat in the book. I got it pulled up right here. But um, I know he also kind of set the pace for uh, completion uh, percentages for quarterbacks as well. He's always in that 70, 70 range um, and kind of make other quarterbacks the kind of pedestrian being in that what sixty five to sixty seven, which is yeah. a lot of people would consider to be you know extremely good. Yeah, so, that's good. That's decent. Yeah, exactly. So, um, it's an incredible career. Like I said, we'll probably get into. Like I said, I'm about to ask the question. I'll pose it to you first. Of course, is he a first ballot Hall of Famer? Then we'll get into Philip Rivers next. Um, Drew Brees, uh, yes, one hundred percent. Yeah, maybe it, they might. They might. He might be second. So he might get in the second year, but first ballot, I'm like ninety percent sure. Yeah. I feel like the only thing that you know is going to be stacked against him is the people, of course, that kind of consider rings more, oh. you know. Then, what, what what were you going to say? I was saying the people. It it might depend on the people that's in like the players that's in waiting to get in. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I don't know who just retired last year. This first ballot that might not get in. So I mean, we'll see. But I think he'll be first ballot. But Philip Rivers will be a more interesting discussion. Yeah, for sure. Um, because like you just said, with, with Breeze finishes with one. If he is done, finishes with one ring. Unfortunately, with the the miracle of Minnesota kind of killed it with last year as well. The same. I mean, the Rams game too. Yep, the Rams game as well. So it, it was three. Yeah, three years in a row. He pretty much everyone kind of. And those are probably, the, in my opinion, I think the Ram, the Rams year was probably their best, the best Saints team I've seen. So I thought for sure like they was gonna get to the Super Bowl if not win it. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, kind of being let down those three years, and all three years back to back to back is unfortunate for sure. But Jeff just said, you know, crazy dudes were in the same meeting room. That is pretty crazy to think about. Like that, I just said, um, you know, he was the Philip was the replacement. Two guys that you know gutsy. Like you said one. Kind of comes in and does his business. The other guy, you know, is a trash talker, but, you know, great at his job. So um, for me as well, I think, Fi- not Philip, sorry. I think Drew is the first ballot Hall of Famer. Like I said, finishes with 80,358 yards. Was it 571 TD, um, 243 interceptions. Um, yeah, just, you know, crazy overall, you know, career. Um, like you said, pretty much owns every stat. But um, we'll move on to Philip. Uh, I guess I'll talk a little bit about him as well. Decorated career in San Diego. A nice one year in Indy. I thought, I for sure thought he may play one more. I kind of wanted him to play one more. The whole year I was saying there was going to, that they're going to go as far as he takes them. And, you know, he took them to, uh, took them to a playoff game, obviously against the Bills. And one I kept saying, I feel like they should have won. Should have been able to squeak out some way somehow. Yeah, that um, clock management was terrible. Yeah, we talked about it. Yeah, the clock management at the end, um, you know, the play calling kind of you know through through that you know wrench out the window but of course with him 
spent pretty much all his years besides this last one with you know san diego and then los angeles for what or los angeles Chargers for three years or four years rather um with him he uh you know if he's done for sure he finishes with finishes with 63,440 yards um 421 touchdowns 209 interceptions so pretty lofty pretty big numbers as well but what do you think first battle hall of famer or uh what do you think uh, waits for three years this is this is a tough one for me i don't want to sound disrespectful i don't know <laughs> it's gonna come off as that but with the hall of i i, I don't know if he's a He's, I think he'll get in, but I don't think he's a first, second, third year. Like, I think he's going to have to wait some time under those people. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, his stats are pretty good. He had a long career. But was there a point in his career where he was ever a top three quarterback or top four, like, during his prime, really? I don't know. I, I would have to look back, but... Yeah, he's always right. really played where there's other great quarterbacks. Yeah, him. like that. I think that matters to me. Like during your time, during in your generation, you have to be to be a Hall of Famer. Not you don't have to be, but you have to be one of the top guys for the most. But it, it's hard, you know. He came in with Eli. His numbers are better than Eli because I know Eli led the league in interceptions for like three years at a point in time. But he has two Super Bowl rings over Brady, so it's like because I don't even think. I think Eli's going to have to wait some time, but he's eventually going to get in because of the mm-hmm. name and the those rings. But I feel like Phillip was a better quarterback, so he has to get in. But I wouldn't be surprised if he had to wait some time. Like, I'm talking about, like, five, six years plus yeah. if he had to. Yeah. So, um, I don't know if – I feel like this is a controversial, like, decision, but – uh, I don't, he might not get in at all, but I think he will, but he's going to have to wait sometime. Like I yeah. said, yeah, but, it would be unfortunate if he didn't get in at all. I kind of, well, before I even go into, I want to ask you, are you kind of, which I already kind of know the answer, but you know, for the others listening, are you one of the guys that kind of takes rings into consideration or kind of puts that as a mark against, you know, guys that, you know, are up for the you know ballot to get into the hall of fame or not? I guess really across any sport, honestly. I know we're talking about football. But. Uh, rings matter, but yeah, it's in football, it's a team sport. So you can be, you can be, I don't know, you could be Tom Brady, but if you're not surrounded by the right people, the right coaching staff, the right, you know, personnel, stuff like that, uh, you might not get those rings. So I think a lot of that matters. So it can't be too big of like, there's some players that are first ballot Hall of Famers that would never get a ring, but at the quarterback position, that matters a little more. But uh, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, matters, I think, but it's, yeah, it's I yeah, with the quarterback position, I think it's unfortunate that I think it matters a lot more than maybe other positions. Because would um, you take over Eli as a quarterback? As a quarterback? As a quarterback, I I think I would take Phillip over Eli. Not because they just obviously not putting their careers you know, side by side. I'm just talking like you just said, like quarterback, quarterback, you know, comparison, like, you know, built just based off of, you know, attitude, strength, like winning like if i put philip rivers in the, in the off in you know new york's offense that faced those two patriot teams in the super bowl i honestly think they still win those super bowls in my opinion i don't think you know too too much change you know eli made yeah. some gutsy plays and had some gutsy throws but he also had help from the guys that was surrounded around him and he had great defenses um so and i think for most of I think the first, not the first half, but you know, most of the beginning part, I think of Philip Rivers' career, I don't think he had the greatest defenses. Um, I think the best chance he had at a Super Bowl, I don't remember which year it was, but it was obviously the year um, he faced uh, the Pats in the AFC Championship. Oh yeah, that was um, the Jaguars had lost to them in the other round before, mm-hmm. so that was 2007. Seven, yeah, yeah. Um, so I think, like I said, I, I think I would take Philip as a quarterback over Eli. Um, 
like I said, not even comparing the careers and everything. But like I said, if I put Phillip in that same offense, I think they still come out with those Super Bowls, honestly. Like, I don't think there's too too much of a difference. Um, yeah. You said Eli led the league in interceptions at a point for, what, three straight years. Um, and I think end up being 500 with touchdowns and interceptions. Like, they're even um, from the stat line. So if I think, you know, obviously I asked you the question about, you know, do rings matter a lot? Or should it be a mark against the against the guys um, being considered to go into Hall of Fame? I don't think it should be a mark. I just think it's pluses. Like, you know, for Eli, that's pluses for him to be considered to, even though he wouldn't be a first ballot Hall of Fame. But that's a, those are pluses for him to be considered to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. For Philip, I don't think it should be a mark against him. I think, like I said, just for guys overall, I think it's just additives, like a plus. You know, it shouldn't be marked against them. It shouldn't be a minus against their you know, the career and everything. Because like you just said, it's a team sport. Um, and Phillip has the numbers he has. Uh, I saw, I should have put it up to it, but I saw um graphic earlier pretty much of kind of where he stands and where he ranks, um, you know, in quarterback, uh, in quarterback rankings and everything, you know, in the major stats. And he's, you know, damn near top 10 in everything. So, you know, to me, you know, all, all the quarterbacks out of all, you know, how many years the NFL has been in existence, like to be top 10 in pretty much every category. As a quarterback, I think that definitely, you know, I don't, if not first ballot, somewhere in maybe third, fourth, um, you know, ballot consideration. But like I said, I guess to answer our question, not first round, but he definitely deserves to get in, especially if guys like Eli Manning are being considered as well. Yeah, um, I agree with that. Yeah, but it's overall, yeah, it's, it's going to be tough. But, you know, Drew has a, probably a bigger nod at probably a first round ballot than Phillip. Um, but both guys definitely deserve to be in the Hall of Fame, um, no doubt. But congrats to you guys again. Um, you know, decorated careers um, meant a lot to you guys as organizations, and you know, hopefully, good luck to you know whatever you're doing in in, in upcoming in the upcoming years. I know Drew Brees probably might go into commentary um, and broadcasting, but you know, Philip got like what 10, 11 kids to take care of, so he probably don't got Nine time to do kids, it. I think. <laughs> Ridiculous. So, but um, before we move on to a few other topics, of course, we got to do our segment game balls, game balls of the week. So. Um, that I'll let you go first and I'll give your game ball out for the week. Yes, sir. Uh, we got the Bucks defense, man. Uh, yeah, the Bucks D, uh, they they shut Drew Brees down, made him look more pedestrian than he already looked this season. Uh, four turn, they caused four turnovers, some timely turnovers, some some great picks, especially I think the one by Devin White and the one by Dean. Uh, it just showed up to play, man. Without the defense showing having this type of performance and causing those turnovers, I think the Saints win this game because the Bucks offense wasn't too too great. They did what they had to do, but they weren't they weren't a game changer. Mm-hmm. So uh, they, you know, man, they showed up. That's that, that's why I give them the game ball. Um, they knew there was a target on their back. You know, this is Tom Brady. Everybody wants to knock him out. They don't want to let him come to another cold conference and do the same mm-hmm. thing he did in the AFC for twenty years. So uh, you know, they knew they had to show up. Um, they had a chip on their shoulder, especially from that Sunday night beatdown. Not not the first game, not the first, not week one, but uh, that Sunday night beatdown. Oh yeah, it's our bad taste in their mouth, and they just had to regroup. And like he just said, uh, Devin White, man, like I, you know, I said he was my, um, he would have got my game ball if I didn't give it to uh, the defense as a whole. The yeah. defense, yeah, like he he was everywhere, sideline to sideline. He, I saw a snap, a stat in Pro Football Focus. He didn't miss any snaps this season, which is crazy. He just the definition of a true middle linebacker. And it's something about those undersized guys. Like he's like, I know he's five eleven. So mm-hmm. I don't know, man. They're, they're dogs. He's he's a dog, and their defense has a lot of potential. Even though Dean and Carlton Davis get beat a lot, they're like twenty three. So they have, you know, yeah. they got time. And Winfield too, who made that big play when you're talking about that fumble with Jared Cook. Uh, 
they just made timely plays. Like that that play changed the game with Jared Cook because uh, mm-hmm. if I recall correctly, the Saints were up seven or three, and they're around midfield about to at least put three on the board. And yeah. that big play on third down changed the game, and they just took off from there. So shout out to the Bucks defense. It was a collective group unit, uh, secondary, the D line, Todd Bowles, all that. They all ball. So you know, shout out to them. Exactly. Yeah. I- White, just like Jeff is saying, White is a baller, um, you know, and being in division, he terrorizes every single time he plays. Uh, the first time we played them, he pretty much changed the game, changed the tie for them because uh, we were up 24-7. Then uh, pretty much his time he plays is what got them back into the game, and, and eventually, of course, they, you know, took the W from us. But um, like you said, everybody that defense is just – and I always say it, they're – they're as a whole, they're dogs at the secondary. They take a lot of chances, but those chances, you know, pay off a lot of times in the end, you know, coming up with three interceptions, causing a fumble on Jared Cook, um, Devin White pretty much being everywhere, can line him up everywhere, honestly. Um, you know, got to worry about him whether he's blitzing, you got to worry about whether he's dropping back in coverage. You know, he's, he's just somebody you always got to keep your eye on. And like I said, like Jeff is saying, like you just said, White's just a baller in general, but you know. I will give it to the Bucks. Unfortunately, I gotta give my game ball of the week to Chad Henney. Not unfortunately, fortunately, honestly, fortunately mm-hmm. for Kansas City, uh, I'm giving my ball, game ball of the week to Chad Henney. Um, Henney thing is possible. That man probably pulled out the two gussiest plays, and I talked about it with Jeff. Actually, um, he, that's probably the two gussiest plays I've ever seen or you ever see from Chad Henney ever in his career, because. You know, that scramble was it for like 15, 16 yards. Yeah, nobody expecting that at all. But you know, he knew he knew what that first down was gonna mean for this team, for the organization, and for the, putting the game away. So to scramble like that and to you know come up almost come up with that first down. I honestly thought he had, he had it, you know, but he was marked, you know, about an inch short. Um this henny nonsense has to stop. <laughs> I can well it can stop next week. Um Especially oh, yeah. if, 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 no, if he plays, play. I already told you. If he plays, there's nothing yeah. to talk about. If he plays, it's, 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 it's a done deal. But you know, <laughs> he deserves his flowers for this week for sure. Like I said, two back-to-back gutsy plays like that, I can't ignore it. You know, he put the game away because I feel like if the Browns would have got the ball back, they would have been some way somehow they'd have won that game. But you know, scrambling for about 15, 16 yards, um, almost going with the first down, and then for Andy Reid to even trust him to to throw the ball, I knew they was going to run a play. Quite honestly, I didn't when I saw them in shotgun, I was like, what? I was like, they're, they're in shotgun, empty backfield. That was crazy. But you know, I still felt like, you know, as the time was going, I was like, they're still gonna run a play. I don't know what play is gonna be, but they're gonna run a play. And for you know, him to trust Chad Henney and Tyreek Hill for that little out route to steal the game. Like you said earlier, Thad, that's just the Andy, that's just that that finesse and swag that Andy Reid carries. Like he trusts his guys, he knew they can get that first down, and you know, there's no need to give the Browns even a hope of chance to give them the ball back. You know, let's put this game away and let's go into next week and focus on the Bills. So Chad Henney gets my game ball of the week. I'm, I'm sorry, Jeff. You know, the nonsense, like I said, we'll stop after today. But, you know, I can't ignore those two gutsy plays at all. Um, <laughs> but after game balls, we typically, you know, do a, do another segment. Got to talk about our benchums. Um, you know, we'll talk about the guys that we feel like didn't play up to par. Um and show up for their teams like they should have this week. So, that I'll let you go first. This one kind of hurt me before. Um, I, I understand why you had to put them, but, you know, hurt me a little bit. But, you know, I'll let you explain why. For Lam- for me, it was Lamar. Um, a little disappointed. I already know, like, people think he got that target off his back by uh, losing. I mean, winning his first playoff game. But 
pressure still on. You got to win again. And the knock on him, people say it's because he's black, but like they're like, oh, he's not a passer. But that's really the knock on him. My biggest knock on him, um, his, he's very limited as a passer. He has a nice arm. He can throw the ball probably 75, 80 yards, has a big arm. But his accuracy and his, you know, mechanics are just a problem. It, it changes the game. And you see what when you refine your mechanics, what it can do for your game for Josh Allen, his completion percentage skyrocketed. And they have not the same arm talent, but they have similar arm talent in a way, kind of a little bit. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, he just has to work on that stuff. He only had 196 yards total, um, I think like 32 rushing and 164 passing. And he really cost them the game. Uh, you know, the game was close within arm's reach. They're going down about to tie the game. And him locking in on Mark Andrews, it's – it's a little bit of film study by the Bills because they do they run that same route, that little uh, spot route across the middle with the tight end. But uh, when you stare down your receivers like that and you're late on the throw, he, uh, you know, it costs you. And that, that literally changed the game uh, 101 yards the other way, and they were, the game was over from there. But uh, just a little disappointed. I hope Lamar really gets in the lab this year to just work on his passing game, that athleticism, all that stuff, all the running and stuff will always be there for him. But if he wants to last a long time in this league, 10 plus years, he's going to have to work on those passes and get better. Uh, I'm rooting for him. I saw Shannon Sharp say something on Undisputed with uh, comparing him to kind of the Greek freak. Um, it kind of makes sense to me because they both have their limitations. And when they get to the playoffs, those the better teams are going to key in on that and they're not going to let you get away with being limited in certain areas. They're going to force you to beat, the, beat, you, beat them from those areas. And they both have failed to, you know. Take advantage, yeah. Adjust, yeah. So, uh Shout out to Lamar. I hope you bounce back. Uh, good season, getting that monkey off your back, but that was a disappointing, a winnable game, a very winnable game. Yeah, exactly. Like we've been saying, it's pretty much, like I said, I understand why you put him there, especially after that pick. That pretty much what honestly sealed the game because, um, you know, they was about to go into the fourth quarter and it hadn't been much offense uh, being produced anyway. And then, of course, he got knocked out of the game. So, you know, their hopes of making a comeback was pretty much dead from there. Uh, so, you know, understandable. And you say he, he just has to adjust, improve those mechanics and then, you know, come to next season better, which I think he has the opportunity to do. He's still young, um, reigning MVP as of now still. Uh, I think he, he'll take that challenge and he'll uh, fix things for this Ravens squad this upcoming year. Um, but for me, of course, my game or Bencham, sorry, my Bencham had to go to Michael Thomas. And it's this one's feeling all the way from, you know, the beginning of the season before they even had, you know, before anybody even snapped the ball because I already had, you know, a little bit of beef, you know, you can't be, you know, <laughs> one, you were claiming yourself, you know, to be the top receiver um, coming into the year. You can't, you know, get the 99 overall Madden club first receiver or whatever to, you know, to hold that rank going into the year, you know, flexing and all this and that. Um, and then, have four targets for zero, 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 zero across the board. Like you can't in a playoff game, especially in one as as important as this one, possibly Drew Brees' last game. You know, to put you guys in the NFC Championship to face the um to face the Packers, you can't get shut out. You're supposed to be the number one target, number one receiver in the game. You know, you feel like you were top three, not top one, or not. Basically, you feel like you were top three receiver, not three or two. And like I said, you just you you can't get shut out. Like you know, I could have easily gave it to you know Drew Brees. Like obviously he's a little dependent on his quarterback. Um, but like I said, Drew Brees forced the ball at times, but he tried to make plays for his guys. And you know, Michael Thomas has to come up you know bigger. You know, we everybody picks on him. He's pretty sensitive. Everybody calls him Slant Boy. 
Um, I call him Slant Boy. I know you got him Slant Boy. Uh, I forgot who was guarding him. Um, but number twenty-three. Yeah, I think it's Davis. Yeah, Dean. I think it's thirty-five. So yeah, it's Davis. He ended up quoting it saying, "Oh, Slant Boy." So it's like. <laughs> Until you prove us you no know, wrong, otherwise you're slant boy. You're not a top five receiver to me, honestly. I'm sorry. Like I there's I can name five guys to put in front of you, especially after this year. I know he was riddled with injuries, um, in and out of the lineup. You know, that takes a toll a little bit. I know he's about to have surgeries. Um, but still, you know, playoff game like that, you can't you can't not have one catch at least. Like, especially against that young of a secondary. Like I said, I know they're tough, I know they take chances. But to proclaim yourself, you know, top receiver, had that 99 overall going into the year, you know, doing all this flexing and talking and stuff, you just can't go zero for zero for zero for zero with four targets. like that's- Yeah, man, I got to add something really quick. Like you said, when you were talking about the not top five thing, when people were saying that last year, like going into this season in, in the spring before the pandemic started, I, I, I just don't see enough. Like, okay, he has 100-something catches. I don't know how many mm-hmm. catches he had. I think he had 100 in back-to-back seasons, but – when you're catching slants, is it is it really that hard? Like when you're consistently going downfield and stretching the field vertically and people still can't stop you, you know, and when you have the whole combo, like he can run routes, but he's very limited. He's a possession receiver with no rack. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, yeah. I just never viewed him as a top five. Top receiver. five. Exactly. Like I said, he had all the numbers. Like I said, it's predicated, like we I just said as well, like on Drew Brees, like getting him the ball, getting the ball in the spots that – they both are comfortable in and knowing what he can do. And most of that is coming from slants um, or if anything, a dig like slants and dig. That's really all he really does. And you say he's not really a receiver that's going to stretch the field. Um, doesn't have too much um, routes in his route tree. So like I said, that's, that's my bench for the week. You just, you can't do that, bro. Like you can't have no catches. Like that's just like, who do, what top five receiver have you heard of having no catches in a playoff game. all the game in, yeah, in a playoff game. So, just, just can't happen, bro. Got to bench him for this week. All right, next we're going to preview the upcoming games this week, both championship games. Um, of course, we got Chiefs and the Bills and also the Packers versus Bucks. Um, we'll start with the AFC first. Dad, I'll let you give your thoughts about the Chiefs and Bills. How do you think this game is going to turn out? And then, um, you know, of course, with the Pat Mahomes news, if he plays, if he doesn't play, what you think uh, is going to happen there? Uh, that news is big, but like I stated earlier, uh, he's going to play pretty 90% confident that he's going to play. But uh, this matchup, this is a big matchup. Um, they play, these, te- these two teams match up in week six. Uh, wasn't the best performance by the Bills. Josh Allen was held to 122 pass yards, one of his worst performances of the year. So he's looking to bounce back in a big way. And uh, it's, it's all up to the defenses. This year, both offenses have been high-powered, uh, hard to stop. So uh, it's about what defense is going to make the play. Buffalo has been a little better. But, you know, uh, Kansas City's defense makes some time and plays with players like Chris Jones and Honey Badger and et cetera. It just, it's going to come down to the defense. You know, Stephon Diggs is going to get his. Tyreek Hill is going to get his. Travis Kelsey is going to get his. About the biggest stops and maybe who has the ball last. But I see the Kansas City Chiefs coming out on top by maybe seven, maybe ten. But I'm going to go with seven to be safe because Buffalo has shown they can stay in. And Kansas City's uh, playbook's going to be a little limited. This week, with Mahomes not being able to run as much, because I don't think they're going to risk him getting touched at all. But uh, I just see them making a couple more plays, and uh, Mahomes and Tyreek Hill having a, a game-breaking play that uh, puts them on top. What are your thoughts, Jelani? Same here. Like it's funny, both of these matchups are uh, rematches from Week Six, but 
like you said, uh, Josh Allen had his probably worst performance uh, offensively uh, during that game. And pretty much ever since then, you know, he's been on a tear. He's been MVP conversation. Him and Diggs have had this, you know, undeniable connection. Um, and like you said, it's really both offenses. They're high powered. Uh, the one difference I see between the two teams, um, and it's a little bit of a difference because even Kansas City, they don't even run the ball that that much. But the Buffalo, they don't really honestly try to run it at all. I don't know if it's going to change a little bit this upcoming week um, with TJ Yeldon playing a little bit last week. And, of course, they got Devin Singletary still. But it's like they don't trust their running backs whatsoever. So, you know, with them and the defense – well, for the defense for Kansas City, it's like if you can basically force the Bills to throw, which they're already coming out throwing, if you can basically keep them continuously throwing the ball, it's like – you. You basically can, you know, game plan for that a little bit better than versus having to, you know, watch for the pass and for the run or play action and all that. So um, that's the one thing I've noticed about the Bills throughout the whole playoffs. Like they just don't want to run the ball, even throughout the whole year. They haven't really ran the ball that that much or that well. Um, so that's the one thing I guess I'm looking out for. But even with that, teams teams haven't really been able to stop them. Like I said, Josh Allen being able to extend plays, Stephon Diggs, you know, just being as open and, you know, a sure handed catcher as he is. They just been on a tear. Um, but like you said, you pointed out some pretty big names that also make timely plays on the defensive side for Kansas City and Honey Badger and Chris Jones. Um, so you know, it it honestly is it's might just be come down to the stars. Um, you know, who makes the biggest play win. And like you said, it may come down to maybe a last possession, who has the ball last. So hopefully, of course, like you said, I think Mahomes may be good to go. I know. Andy Reid say, you know, he's looking good and everything. He's still in concussion protocol, but I think he's on track to come back and play on Sunday. Like you said, their playbook may be limited, but even with a limited playbook, they have so many weapons to surround him with. As long as he's able to get these guys the ball in space, you know, the sky's the limit, honestly. Like I said, you got Tyreek Hill. You know, he's going to get his. Kelsey's going to get his. Le'Veon Bell, you know, even though he hasn't done much since joining them, he's still a threat out of the backfield. And, of course, all the other receivers, Robinson, um, Nico and all those guys. So it's going to be an interesting matchup. I think it's going to be a good one, but I do think, you know, the Chiefs will end up prevailing in the end and probably will be, um, you know, back in the championship, of course, Super Bowl, of course, um, and maybe even back-to-back champions uh, this year. So who do you think is going to be the breakout player for this uh, this matchup? Miko uh, Hardman. I see the Bills uh, focusing on Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey a lot with uh, Tremaine Edmonds guarding – Kelsey and uh, White following Hill wherever he goes. Maybe not, you know, but mm-hmm. with them focusing on those two guys, McCole Hartman has a chance to have some big plays in the passing game, and he will have some big game-breaking plays. Yeah. Honestly, I don't know. It's, it's a tough one. You know, you want to go with the, the the main guys, of course, Hill and um, Kelsey. You know, you already know, like we just said, they're going to get theirs. Uh, I I want to say, you know, break up. I, I want to give it to Tyreek Hill. I think he'll get behind the defense. Um you know, a little bit this game because I think the Bills last week they showed, you know, they 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 were really aggressive last week and they sent a lot of blitzes and I think they played a lot of man um, you know, in times and had a spy of course for, for Lamar. Um so they were being extra aggressive, I guess in my opinion. Um with the defense that, you know, at times has been a little shaky this year, but you know, coming down the stretch they have been pretty solid. But I think at times I think if you get really, you know, greedy and you know maybe over risk things, you know, sending a lot of blitzes and stuff at Mahomes, even though, you know, he's coming off of, you know, head injury. I think that could get dangerous and be dangerous, like I said, with so many weapons surrounding him. So I think Tyreek Hill has a big day. He might get behind um, behind a few of their corners, their DBs, um, you know, a few plays and, 
you know, you know, Pat rarely misses uh misses him when he goes deep. So I think he's in for a big day. I say we know he's gonna get his. And when they matched up in week six, he only had three catches for 20 yards. So yeah. I think he owes them a league, honestly. But uh, one thing I want to add, Pat Mahomes is one of the better quarterbacks against the Blitz, so mm-hmm. I don't know if Buffalo's going to do that. He's pretty good against the Blitz. Mm-hmm. Makes him that's what makes him one of the best. So exactly, yeah. I guess my thinking yeah, is, yeah. I'm, I'm guess I'm my thinking is coming from yeah, just coming off that head injury. Like maybe they think he's not fully there, fully hundred percent, and maybe they mm-hmm. feel like they can, you know, mix things up. Maybe you know, mix in some coverages, but also throw in some blitz. Maybe some. You know, Maybe a corner blitz, someone yeah. just coming off the edge, um, stuff like that. No, probably not up the middle, of course, because you know he, he's good at extending the plays, getting outside, and either using his legs or you know directing guys where to go and then finding them in those spots. So, um, but yeah, I think Tyreek Hill should be a big day, hopefully. So Tyreek and Miko, we both going receivers on this one. Next, we'll move on to the matchup, uh, another uh, Week Six matchup or rematch. Um, like I said earlier, Bucks versus uh, Packers. Um, got two two great quarterbacks too. Um, great offices matching up. So who do you think uh, comes out on top on this one, Thad? I have the Packers by uh, 14 double digits. Um, I have them avenging their loss that they took in week uh, five, week mm-hmm. six, week six. Aaron Rodgers had his worst performance of the season. He was sacked four times at Tampa Bay defenses. After that first pick six he had, it just went mm-hmm. downhill from there. Uh, they pressured him <laughs> nonstop all game. He only threw for 160 yards with those two picks. So I just see him bouncing back. You know, that's it's personal to him. He's always said he wanted a home playoff game. Uh, he, now he has it. This is his opportunity. One game away from the Super Bowl, be his second appearance in, in over a decade. And I know he's been itching to get back. So that defense is hungry with Rashawn Gary, uh, the Smith brothers, and Kenny Clark up the middle, and then uh, Kevin King and Jair Alexander on the outside have been making plays all season. So mm-hmm. you know it's. It's going to be a tough task to uh, with all the weapons uh, Tom Brady has, but with A.B. being a little hampered and Ronald Jones not being 100%, uh, I see them making a couple of plays as well. Just like I said in the Chiefs game on the defensive end, it's going to change the game. Uh, Tom Brady's – it might snow. You know he's, news to, he, he's used to it, but we're going to see. It will be key to see if they can run the ball with uh, Rojo and Fournette. If they can get the ground game going and they can stay balanced, it will be tough to stop them, but – I see Jair Alexander getting a ball, getting his hands on a ball or two, and then the Smith brothers getting a timely sack. And then on the offensive end, Aaron Rodgers, you know, they they're not he's not gonna have that type of performance again. Uh yeah. like you said, Devontae, Devontae's gonna bounce back. Uh Carlton Davis, Murphy Bunting, and those guys, they're gonna have a long day. I think, even though he's the main target, everybody knows he's getting the ball. They're just gonna have a rough day. He's mm-hmm. been unstoppable every game outside of Tampa Bay. So I see that continue. And them having a rough day. So I say Packers by 14. And I know people think it's going to be closer, but this game was personal. They got like, <laughs> they got, they, they, got, they, got they got beat down pretty bad. This is their worst yeah. game. But it's very personal. They have it home and they have some fans in the building. So it's going to be a good one. Yeah. What's your thought about the game? Yeah. For me, like you just said, it's personal. That was, uh, I believe that was the game of the week, you know, like 425 or whatever uh, on Fox that week. And, like you said, from that first pick six, it was pretty much down here from there. I I even remember Aaron Rodgers like just looking like a little clueless. And we never even see Raven Rodgers like looking like that. I remember him coming to the sideline. He was like, Yeah, I don't even know. Like it's been it's a tough day at the office. So yeah, like you just said, it's, this one's personal. Um and I think we said if I said it, I think in a in a show before, like the last two NFC championships that Aaron Rodgers has been in, 2016 versus my Falcons, got blown out, you know, turned off the door and then 
what you call it last year against San Francisco, another blowout um, wasn't really close at all. So, you know, he doesn't know how many more times he's going to get back to this position. You know, for the second straight year, he's back in the NFC championship. And I don't think he's going to take this one lightly. I don't think the team is going to take this one lightly. Uh, I think they'll be, you know, ready and prepared to go, um, especially against the Bucks team that beat them by 28 points last time they saw him. Uh, I think the, the differences, I think, from this matchup from week six, uh, I think they'll be, like I said, a little bit more prepared. I think their weapons are a little more healthy um, this time around as well. Uh, I believe uh, last time they matched up, uh, Lazar, may, people may not think Lazar is a big guy, a big weapon, but in that offense, he means a lot, honestly. Like I said, we've seen it last week. I said it uh, earlier that he had a, um, a long bomb TD. Uh, he does the dirty work in the run game. Um, he's typically the receiver that, always handles his block and gets Aaron Jones, those open holes along, of course, with the line. So he didn't play, I believe that game. And I think that's going to, you know, pay dividends, honestly, you know, him being in the lineup, him. And I believe uh, Robert Tanyan, he wasn't really a big key officer factor um, during that time of the season, but I believe since then they've kind of used the Titans a little bit more in their offense. So honestly, I just think it's, it's more weapons that, are at Aaron Rodgers' disposal versus just them having to key in on Devontae Adams, which I think they did a lot of in that game. Um, Ty Bowles is really aggressive on the defensive side. Um, they manned up a lot. And, you know, he has the guys to do that, you know, to man up and then also, you know, send some blitzes with Devin White, um, you know, quarterback in uh, that defense. So, honestly, I think that's going to be where the difference is. I think Green Bay just has a little bit more weapons. They'll be, you know, a little bit more prepared this time around. And like you said earlier, you know, Aaron Rodgers is never going to have a performance um, like that uh, against the team to against the same team in the same season. So I definitely expect more than, uh, you know, going 16 for 35, 160 yards and two interceptions. So it's going to it's going to be a good game. And, you know, they're playing at home as well. So I don't know. I'll just give Aaron Rodgers a nod. I don't think he can go, you know, a third time in the NFC championship game, um, you know, within the last five years, getting blown out and not making it to the championship or the Super Bowl rather. So. Um, but I definitely see them coming out on top. And I see a a, a State Farm commercial matchup for sure. Uh, Patrick, the Patrick Price versus the uh, Rogers discount or whatever the case may be. So, um, but who do you think is going to be the breakout player from this game? Uh, I'm going to go with another offensive weapon this time. Not Devontae Adams, but Robert Tunyon, the tight end. Uh, wasn't, like you said, he wasn't much of a factor in the week uh, six matchup. And I see him uh, getting behind. He's a very underrated tight end, actually. I think he had a good season. He was a Pro Bowl snub, in my opinion, over Evan Ingram. He should have gotten in over Evan. Oh yeah, for sure. It should have been a few. I see him having a big. I see him having a big day, and he Rogers has shown that he's very comfortable with them. There's nothing like a security blanket tight end. I see him, even though Devin White and Levante David are two very good, maybe the best linebacker duo in the league, maybe, uh, and they can cover as well. But I see him uh, them having a tough time catching up versus some third downs and uh, I see him just making some key plays down the stretch here's a game who's your breakout star yeah I think uh I think with my like I said another obvious player could be but Devontae Adams he's slowly becoming like my favorite receiver you know I'm a Julio Jones guy but Devontae Adams is a different beast he knows how to find the end zone his route running is you know top notch um and like I said earlier I think uh, in the first matchup you know, six for 61, not terrible, but overall that whole team didn't have a great performance. But like I said, depending on how Todd Bowles wants to go and attack this offense, if they match up a lot, go man-to-man, I'm taking Devontae Adams over, you know. They do have some good young DBs. Um, You know, we've already said their names, like Murphy, Dean, um, David, all those guys. But 
I'm taking Devontae Adams one-on-one um, -on -one with whoever he's matched up with. So I think he's in for a big day, definitely north of 100 yards um, and probably two TDs, honestly, depending on how the game uh, sways and goes. So that's going to be my breakout star for the uh, for the game. We'll get our little State Farm commercial Super Bowl. Next segment we're going to talk about, mainly for us, we didn't really have – both our teams didn't really have any chances at the playoffs this year, but we have a lot of turnover going in uh, going on in our organization. So uh, for both of us, we'll talk real quick about, you know, our organizations. I'm a Falcon fan that has a Jaguars fan, of course. So for us Falcons uh, fans, we got two uh, new guys coming in to head our team. Um, you know, a lot of turnover going on. And, you know, hopefully some positive will come out of, you know, these two hires. Arthur Smith uh, as our head coach and then, you know, Terry Fontenot um, coming from our rivals, the Saints, um, as our GM. Uh, I won't get into too much about them. We'll probably do it, you know, a different show later on to kind of get into them. But uh, overall, I was a little bit surprised about the hiring of Arthur Smith, but I've been hearing and seeing a lot of um, positive things. One thing is that they both kind of sought each other out when being interviewed for the job. They both kind of brought up each other's names. So that's a good thing. It looks like they're going to be able to work together and, you know, like each other and want to work together. Um, Arthur Smith-wise, offensively, um, I kind of like how – I kind of like the things he said. So he's been saying so far, um, you know, with you know his first day on the job being yesterday, they had a you know press conference and everything. Uh, he said he's calling the shot, so he's calling the offensive plays. Um, but he said he he's coaching the whole team. Uh, I know he has some experience on the defensive side, so he's going to be pretty heavily involved on both sides of the ball. And like I said, he said he's calling the shots on the offensive side, so that's going to be pretty good. You know, within the last few seasons with the Titans, uh, he's ranked third in the league in total yards per game. At um, just under 400, you know, number two in rushing yards. Of course, you know, a lot of that got to give the you know crown to Derrick Henry, King Henry. Um, and then also, I think fourth in the league and putting up points just shy under uh, 31 at 30.7. So, you know, they have had an explosive offense within the last few years. He has helped uh, Tannehill and uh, Henry's careers out tremendously. Um, it will be interesting to see what he does with the weapons that we have on our side of the ball. One thing I do know is, you know, Offensively, he likes uh, a lot of, you know, pre-snap movement. Um, and he likes, of course, to pound the ball and open it up uh, with play action. So for us, we need a running back to make any of that, any of those things happen. I know we got the receivers for it. I think he's, I think they're both on board, Terry and Arthur, with uh, keeping keeping Matt for another year. Um, it would be interesting to see what they do with the in the draft because Terry said he's a best available player guy. So if Justin Fields in there and they value him as the best available player, he might be behind Matt for one year. But yeah, I, I think they're on board with Matt, you know, in the offense for one more year because they feel like if they cut him or trade him or whatever, that's dead money. Um, I think it's like what fifteen million versus like next year be like nine million or something like that. I don't know. I forgot the numbers, but basically, I know they're all you know probably all in with keeping him for a year. They may take a quarterback to back him up for for one year, but for what it looks like offensively, he's a guy that's going to continue to have our offense pumping out those numbers. Uh, defensively, he said he's going to be on that side of the ball. Supposedly bringing D Dean Pease, who I know was a pretty decorated. Yeah, defensive coordinator with uh, – coached a little bit with them with the Titans. Um, he also was with uh, the Patriots for, you know, a few of their Super Bowl runs. And then I forgot one other team. Baltimore. Yeah, Baltimore. So, yeah, he's uh, – and I think he did – I think he was there when they won their uh, Super Bowl as well, wasn't he? 2012. I, I yeah. think it was 2012. Yeah, yeah. so he's a big, big name, known name. So he definitely should help us out on that side of the ball, which we need most to all of our help at. So one. Uh, I'd like to add something. Yeah, about of course. I know this is not my team. I, I could care less about the Falcons, but uh, <laughs> I think 
I think this is a good, I don't know, it's a surprising hire. You know, everybody needs yep. their first shot. But the team's kind of like the situation he's going from in Tennessee is somewhat similar to Atlanta. And they kind of run the same thing, a little pro-style offense with play action. They have the two. I'm not saying uh, Davis and uh, A.J. Brown or Julio and Ridley, but similar, you know, yep. young, promising receivers. And they ran the same thing. You just need, like you said, y'all need a running back to run what he – the style of style offense. offense he wants to run. I don't know if you, y'all are trying to see somebody to eat over. I know y'all know Gurley's not it. The knees have just mm-hmm. messed them up. But yeah. uh, y'all need a back. Yeah. Y'all need a back. But I, I, I like the I like the hire. Um, I don't know too much about him. But mm-hmm. it kind of – it's similar. It won't be the hardest. I think it'll be a smooth transition mm-hmm. offensively. But, yeah. you know, we got to see what they do def- defensively because your boy Raheem Morris. Yeah, he's gone, went, went to the Rams. But pretty much like you just said, the one encouraging thing was that every single team that had an opening for head coaching spot, they interviewed him and went to talk to him um, immediately. So that's, uh, you know, like I said, encouraging news. Um, yeah. I think Mark Ingram's been connected to us, possibly. Um, that'd be interesting. I feel like they may go back somewhere in one of our first three picks, definitely not the first one, hopefully not. Yeah. And maybe probably not the second one either. Um, but we'll probably go back somewhere somewhere in, in the uh somewhere in the draft. Um I think they want to kind of experiment with uh Olison as well. He'll be in his third year this upcoming year. Um hasn't really played much for us, but you know, he's a big powerful back as well. Um can run the ball. You know, they say he has similar traits to uh uh, Henry, um, which is, you know, high praise. But, you know, I guess overall we'll see. Um, but like I said, really, I guess, glad to at least, if not the guys I was expecting, we, you know, every, the whole year we was just preaching change. We want change. We want a, a new start. We want some guys that will come in and hold everybody accountable. And these two guys seem like they're the guys to do so. so if all else, you know, at least, we, you know, the fans got and got what they're asking for. Um, but the more shocking and surprising news, honestly, both of us we heard rumblings of it before and i brought it up on a other on another show that we did of course but you know they they did it and i wasn't expecting it but they pulled the trigger um urban meyer to jacksonville um so what you think about that one as you stated we talked about this in a previous episode i was surprised i didn't i kind of brushed it off i wasn't the biggest fan of it for reasons i'm about to state but i just didn't think it would happen like is he <laughs> playing around you know hey it happened uh I'm, I've changed my perspective and my, you know, my feelings about it a little bit. Uh, I feel like I, I like the hire. My biggest thing was his commitment. You know, at Florida, he I don't want to say the man's lying about his health problems, but I think he left Florida, took a year off, said something about his health and then was back coaching. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a little bit of BS or not, but uh, I just hope he's committed, man. He's. You know, he stayed at programs for a little bit. Every program he's been at, don't get me wrong, Bowling Green, Utah, Florida, and then Ohio State, he's uplifted the programs, like, immediately. But we just want him to st- – I-, I want him to stick around. I like the hire, man. He's a winner. New culture. He's bringing expectations. Um, I just want him to be able to stick around. Uh, he's walking into a great situation. Like, him and Lawrence here, that's his guy. That's going to mm-hmm. be his guy. Like, they're coming in together. They're going to be linked together forever, pretty much. That GM, too. So and he has eleven. I think we have eleven picks this year. So he can basically build a team how he wants. We have a hundred million in cap space with some young, promising players we can build around. So just a great. I think it's the best hire we could have got. I don't know who else we were going to think about getting. I I don't know. I feel like we were going to do something dumb if we didn't take him or be enemy like somebody crazy. Like the I don't think the Rams DC should have got a head coaching job that quick. But yeah, 
Um, yeah, man, I, I feel good about it. I'm, I'm excited. As I said, I'm ex- I've never been more excited for an offseason, like just to see who we get in free agency this year. Cause you know, with the cap changing and stuff and COVID hard times, people want that money and we're going to have the money to, to spend. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we attract people. I know Duval doesn't have the most to offer, but we have a, a decorated college coach, one of the top five, in my opinion, college coaches of all time, Trevor Lawrence and, uh, some, some weapons. So, Hey, uh, as long as he sticks around, man, um, just stay bought in. The city's going to support him. I know we're, we're looking for – we just want to win, really. Uh, yeah. We're trying to feel how we did in 2017 because that was a great year. But I'm excited about the hire. Uh, I think we're – our interim GM tap – I don't know how to say his last name. Bulk, bulky, something like that. Mm-hmm. I think that's who gonna our, our GM's going to be. So I'm interested to see what he does. Um, but don't fumble the bag, man. We This is the perfect situation. We're about to have our franchise quarterback. We have 11 picks and we have money to spend. So just don't mess it up. This new GM, don't rub any of the good players wrong. Don't yeah. run the Jalen Ramsey out of there. Don't <laughs> don't not resign Yannick Ngakwe, uh, yeah. something like that. Don't piss your good players off. Make them happy so they can stick around uh, yeah. so we can bring some ships. So, yeah. yeah. But overall, I've changed. But I'm happy about the hire. Yeah, I think it was a solid hire as well. Like you said, been saying before, so much promise. You guys got money. You guys got cap space. I mean, yeah, money, cap space. You got draft capital. You got, you know, more than likely getting Lawrence. You got nice young weapons. We saw it this year in James Robinson. Y'all got receivers. Defensively, y'all, you know, you got some as well. yeah, you got some pieces as well. So it's like it's promise there. And like you said, if he sticks around, he can build up this organization pretty much – how he wants, they can both, you know, pretty much shape and form it however they want. So it's going to be interesting to see. Hopefully, you guys can get back. I know it probably won't be immediately, but get back to the, that 2017 team. It was really fun to watch and see. Um, but you know, you know, NFL I guess is different each and every year. Pretty much since then, I've gotten rid of everyone, <laughs> like literally yeah. everyone. So it's uh, it, it's you know, a sad time, but you know, it it could be like you say it can all be turned around and fixed. Um, with this man right here on the screen, so. Hopefully, yes, you know, more promises coming to, like you said, Duvall and be interested to uh, to see the magic that they can all make happen. So, all right, we're going to actually move on, introduce, um, let's say we're going to wrap up the show soon, but we're going to introduce a new segment um, that we're going to start doing. Just talking about all the sports news. Um, I know right now we've been doing a lot of football heavy content, um, but of course that's coming to an end. We'll start, of course, including you know, NBA, WNBA, pretty much all sports in general, but um, we'll be bringing out the best or not best news, but the, the most talked about news uh, of the week. And uh, the new segment is called Something or Nothing. So pretty much we're going to be talking about the new the news that's been going on in the sports uh, world. And we're going to rate it or say whether we think it's something or it's, or if it's nothing. So the first thing uh, we didn't get to talk about it last week, but, you know, um, Deshaun Watson, he's at Rumlins. Uh, more than likely he's played his last game in Texas. Said he was at a two when they traded uh hopkins away now he's at a 10 with what's going on um they haven't been talking to him about any of the new hires he's just really really upset with what's going on in houston so um i think we're both gonna go the same way but that do you think this is something or nothing uh, i think this is something i'd be pissed if i was deshaun um, i'm your franchise guy right now i'm already your third best player of all time in the franchise behind um jj and andre johnson man I don't get it. Uh, the, you you hire, they help you out for your GM search by hiring a, spending six figures on a little search firm. Mm-hmm. And then you get Lewis Riddick and another guy and you completely just block them out and go your own direction. Uh, your quarterback asks, asks you, not even for all the sake, because that's not his job. He's not the, the owner. 
he just asked for a little sake because he's, you know, that's their number. They're building around him, the number one guy, and they just completely tune him out. Uh, they trade away his number one receiver for a second round pick and uh, a running back that hasn't been good since 2016. So, man, I'd just be upset uh, that he gave him another chance to get it right, you know, to help, to make up for what they did with the D-hop thing, even though that was more of a Bill O'Brien thing. But uh, they showed him they showed their ass again, and he just he said he's fed up. He doesn't want to. As Andre Johnson said, they're known for wasting people's careers, and he doesn't want to be a part of that. They already wasted this season, and mm-hmm. time's ticking. And, you know, I think he hears a little bit of that. Of, I don't think it matters that much, but him being compared to Mahomes and stuff, and, like, he's trying to win. He's not just be trying to be known as a stat guy and a guy that was second to Mahomes, stuff like that. So, uh, hey, man, this is something. I ho- Hopefully he gets out. I think the only way he gets out, though, is by forcing his hand because the Texans know what they have, and they basically be starting over. They trade him exactly. Yeah, unless the team comes with a crazy offer like quarterback, a top ten pick, and another another pick this year or another one next year. I don't see him getting moved. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I obviously I think it's something as well. Like we said before, Andre Johnson already you know what he said in his tweet, and then D Hop backing him up. He said you got outside of him and JJ the the two most prominent known Houston Texans that. You know, we know in football. Um, maybe I forgot about D Hop. I think D Hop's in front of him, though. Yeah, I was like, definitely. Yeah, he's he probably in front of him. But you know, just the big names that come from this organization, pretty much. You know, you know, backing up Andre and saying like, yeah, like you know, you need to get out as soon as possible and all that because you know the way this organization is being ran is obviously not up to par with some of these other organizations, and they just don't they don't treat their star players like star players. So, and with Deshaun Watson, we kind of know him. We've seen him. You know kind of grow up here in Georgia and everything and even at Clemson like he's a humble quiet guy he's going to come in and do his job he's going to do the work and if you got someone like him being upset um you you did something you definitely did something so this is something for sure is not short of it's not short of nothing it's definitely something and I don't know I I think he might get traded there's a lot of suitors there's a lot of teams out there that got money and draft capital to get something like this done not a lot but there's a few that can I know the Jets have been one that's been um, in talks. I don't know how really, but, you know, I can't count out Bill Belichick. I saw something about the Patriots possibly. And then um, it was one more of the team I can't even think of right now. But like I said, there's some teams that got, you know, some first this year, first next year. Um, a quarterback they kind of trying to get rid of. Oh, the Rams. That was the other team. So it's stuff that can happen. And if it's true that he's played his last game as a Texan, I think it's definitely something. And he'll be on his way somewhere else. So. Uh, next, we're crossing over to the NBA. Like I said, definitely going to be getting some more news about the NBA coming up soon now that football is doing doing down. But um, again, another one I think we're both going to go the same way. But uh, Harden finally makes his way to Brooklyn. They now have a big two right now until uh, Kyrie comes back into the folds. I think he's supposed to do tonight. tonight. So um, is this something or nothing? Uh, after the two, the first two games that we've seen Durant and Harden play together, um, both I think north of 30 points each just killing it so is this something or nothing do you think they uh do you think they're now the title favorites I guess that's the something um no I would say not title favorites I, I still think the Lake show will pull it out maybe because of some LeBron fan no mm-hmm. but uh they they look good man they did lose a decent amount of depth they lost Levert they lost Jared Allen and Torian Prince so those are three players that will not be on the court playing for them that contributed a decent amount I think Prince started if I'm not mistaken uh they uh, but they look good though, man. Since in those two games, uh, Harden's averaging 33, 13, and nine, so he kind of picked off right where he left off from previous years. 
Uh, it will be interesting to see what happens when Kyrie comes back because, you know, he he's ball dominant. So KD doesn't really need the ball, but Harden and um, Kyrie need the ball. So it's just interesting to see. But so far, so good. Um, I do think they're coming out the East now for sure. But I'm interested to see who, how, like, what their bench is looking like. Because the only person I know coming off their bench right now is Landry Shaman. I know I don't watch him that much, but does Joe Harris go to the bench? Nigeria, I think Joe starts right now. It's going to be. No, no, he does. I'm saying when Kyrie comes oh, back. Oh, yeah. when Yeah. I don't know. Honestly, they might go a little small. They might go small. I can see a Kyrie, James, Joe, Durant, and DeAndre type of lineup. Oh, I was about, I thought you were about to say Jeff Green because I was about to say, like, you need some type of scoring off the bench, which is why I say maybe bring Joe Harris as your sixth man and then Shamit so you can have some scoring. Yeah. But hey, when those three are in, you're going to get as much scoring as you can. It don't really matter. Yeah. I don't. I think it's gonna. I think it's something. Uh, I think they're gonna make some noise this year. I don't think they're gonna win this year, but they will win in the next two years. Yeah, I think. Uh, I guess just to be di- different. I feel like. I mean, obviously, it's something like he was able to, you know, get him, get his way to Brooklyn. He looks so much happier now. Look at him smiling at KD <laughs> after uh, he hit a game winner or a game go ahead or whatever. But uh, I'm gonna say yes. Yeah, something that now is three guys. In, on that team that's you know they create another super team another big team it's going to be interesting to see how Harden and Kyrie are able to coexist you know both being ball dominant guys but I'm going to say it's nothing uh to the question I posed to you that you know title favorites whatever or whatever I think there's still some teams that can challenge them to come out of the east obviously Milwaukee they just had a, a really good you know game, against good game. Really Chris good. Middleton is He's coming along quite well. I know he does it a lot in the in the regular season, but if we keep this up in the in the playoffs, you know, that's a team to look out for. It might be their year. It could possibly be. if he takes that next leap because I think that Drew Holiday addition obviously out. yeah it'll help him out. Um, so I think uh, it might. The, the reason I'm saying it's going to be nothing to them, like possibly not even coming out of the East, is because like you just said, the depth part. Torian, Jared, out like they're weak at center now. They really have no big to really come in and back up DeAndre. And DeAndre is really getting older and, you know, not that big of a defensive presence as he once was. Um, mm-hmm. And like I said, the scoring, they already lost to Dinwiddie for the year. Karis Levert's in Indy now. Torian Prince could give you timely buckets. He's um, in Cleveland with Jared Allen. So it's going to be hard, like, allocating them points from the bench. Like, now they got kind of like a bunch of no-names, you know, besides Jeff Green and, and uh, Shamit. I know they got one guard that, you know, more so known for defense, but I guess can put up some buckets. I've got his last name. Other than that, like I said, it's going to be hard to figure out where the buckets are going to come from the bench. But like you just said, with them three guys in, you know, you're going to get all the scoring that you need. But, you know, at some point, you know, it's one ball, three guys that can put up 30, 40 at any time. Who's going to take that back seat and be okay with it? So, yeah. all right. And then, um, no, second to last one, actually. This uh something or nothing. Patrick Mahomes, obviously, um, concussion and concussion protocol before we came on. He um, he was uh, said to have practiced in a limited fashion, but he's still uh, protocol. So is this something or nothing um, for Wednesday to still be in concussion protocol? Uh, I think it's something, but he's still going to play. Uh, you don't like to see that. I mean, I think they're just taking a safe route because the way – the just like me, everybody else was worried when they saw him get up and he couldn't even hold himself up like he was stupid drunk. But yeah, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. This the play was weird. He he got tackled around the neck. I saw the ball, him fall on the ball. Maybe he uh, lost his breath for a little bit. I don't know. Got dizzy, something. But um, I don't think it's too big of a deal. I think he's gonna play, but it's I'm a, a tad bit worried. But 
because of how big the game is, if this was a regular game, they wouldn't rush him back. I don't even think they should rush him back, period. But I think he's going to play. I really do. Uh, I know they're just doing all the right protocols, being smart. That's their franchise quarterback. And the brain is a very fragile thing. But I, th- I think there's no way he doesn't play. But we'll see. I will know by Friday. Yeah. I think uh, I'm going to go. Obviously, it's a little it's a little bit of something. because, But it's still, I can't I'm going to say, I'm going to go nothing just because, like you said, it's Wednesday. It's the middle of the week. They play, I think, Sunday. So, of course, he still has a few more days to, you know, get healthy, go through the right steps in order to get cleared to play um, in the game. But it is a big game, really, really big game. And, of course, you don't want to put someone's health on the line, you know, in hopes of, you know, rushing them back in order to win the playoff game to go to your second straight Super Bowl. But, you know, again, it is your second straight Super Bowl. It's your, you know, franchise quarterback. It's a very important game against a hot Bills squad. So, I think they're going to do everything necessary in order to, get him back in order to play in time. But like you said, it was concerning to see him get up and wobble and his eyes were super wide. Um, but pretty much after that, when he was running back to the locker room and everything, I know it's a concussion and you know, you don't fully always see it. He looked okay. Like looked like he would be okay. And it looked like he should be able to be prepared and ready um, and pass all this tests and everything before Sunday to play the game. So I'm gonna go with nothing for right now. Cause it's Wednesday, but you know, it could be something if you know, he hasn't made any progress by Friday, like you said. Um, and then lastly, um, we're going to hit on uh, another part that happened in the game. Of course, Rashard Higgins looked like it was going to be a touchdown, got hit from the ball, ended up being a touchback. I know there's a lot of rumblings about this on social media from Browns fans and just NFL watchers overall. They said they need to change this type of touch, this, this rule, basically a touchback rule. So is this something or nothing, Thad? Do you think uh, this type of play will have the NFL committee, um, rules committee, whatever, kind of look at it and change the uh touchback rule or do you think they do nothing about it nothing for me it's nothing i gotta elaborate a little bit in football you know there's always in every game sports you play there's risks you take in football this is one of the risks uh i know in new england they work on they they don't even if you watch the patriots for years belichick has told his players taught his players instilled in them to not reach the ball out it's a risk you can take it's a 50 50 risk you can either get a touchdown or you could possibly have a defender put the helmet right on the ball, pops out in an awkward way going inside the uh, goalpost, and then the other team gets the ball back at the 20. But I think it's nothing. Uh, it's a risk of the game. It's part of the game. If you don't want it to happen, don't stick the ball out. Just get in cleanly, you know? But, yeah, I, I think it's nothing. This has been going on for too long. They've already made enough changes to the game and stuff. Uh, this is No, this is – I like this. This is a game changer for the defense. It's a way to help the defense out. I think it's uh, I'm agree with you as well. I think it's nothing. It's my third nothing in a row. But I think it's nothing because I saw a few people kind of complaining about it. I'm just like when I read, I saw somebody was like, so you reward. the. They basically said put it down at the one because that's what it would have been if you didn't fumble. I was like, so someone was like, so you're going to reward the offensive team for fumbling and, you know, just basically giving the ball back at the one. Like you can't do that. Um, I some in, in certain aspects, I can see how the rule can look extreme giving the ball, basically having it be a turnover, giving the ball to, you know, the opposing you know team um, and and on the 20. But it's like kind of like, what do you do? I saw, you know, a few people say maybe they give them the ball back, but they get it at like the 20 or 25, something like that, you know, like a touch touchback type of rule, something mm-hmm. like that. Um, instead of, you know, turning the ball on, over and then giving it to the opposing offices, the teams um, giving them the ball. But like you said, I think it's nothing. I don't think, like you just said, I don't think the NFL is going to really look at it too deeply and change it. You know, it's just another week. You know, this upcoming week, they pro- everyone's probably going to, besides Browns fans, probably done forgot about it, honestly. So yeah. um, I think 
it's probably nothing. They're not going to change it. And a lot of people were saying they should at least be able to review, I guess, the helmet to helmet. I know in this picture, it doesn't look like he they had helmet to helmet contact, but, but he did. Yeah, they he did. Um, but I think I don't know. It's so weird. That's was also weird to that rule because it's like he lowered his shoulder, and I think he was trying to force the contact with his shoulder, but he did lower his head in the act of lowering his shoulder, which made it helmet to helmet contact. So I don't know. Like I said, I guess that should be reviewable. I can see how they can, you know, how they're rallying for that to be reviewable, a helmet to helmet hit, especially if they're trying to push towards the game being safer and, you know, eliminate these type of hits from the game. So that, I guess, could be something they should be able to review, maybe those helmet to helmet hits. But this fumble and touchback rule, that's nothing. I think it should pretty much stay the way it is, um, honestly, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. And then lastly, to finish off the show, um, another little segment that we're going to start doing. We like to give shout outs, um, especially to people doing great things in sports. So we're going to introduce our new segment. I want to give a shout out. So I'm going to go first. I put my uh, pictures up first. I want to give a shout out. It's real woman focused. Um, I just realized. But I want to give a shout out, of course, to Asia Wilson. She got her statue in front of the University of South Carolina for her decorated career there. Just won the MVP this past year in WNBA um, and bubble and everything that they they did over there. So um, shout out to her. Also shout out to Sarah Thomas, going to be the first NFL referee, woman referee to ref the uh, Super Bowl. And then, of course, Sarah Fuller as well. She was part of the inauguration today, which shout out to Joe Biden, new president, new four years. Hopefully some change is coming um, for this country. So she was part of the inauguration, um, you know, celebrating just, uh, I guess, um, new faces, new change in, you know, in America, embodying um, what America is about. So shout out to these three, uh, three women in sport for sure. So, and then uh, I know that you also want to shout out got the AFC yeah. championship deals. Um, for me, in the coming weeks, I'll have a different shout out. But uh, this is very quick, you know, late notice. So I just went off the top of my head. Uh, but shout out to the Bills. Um, in the last 25 years, they had only had three playoff appearances, with one coming in 2017 against us, and then last year against the Texans, and then this year. But uh, just shout out to them. They this is their. Uh, it's their first time getting a playoff win in 20, 25 years, and they backed it up with two playoff wins back to back. Just, you know, a long time coming. Uh, it's pretty hard to wait around that long for your team just to make the playoffs, not even winning the Super Bowl. Like, the Jaguars never won one, but us going 10 years from in between making the playoffs was tough, so imagine 25. But, uh, you know, shout-out to them for balling. Great season. Their coach will probably get coach of the year. They made one of the trades of the year with Stefan Diggs. That just changed the game for Josh Allen. So uh, shout out to them, their season. Uh, it's going to end this week, but, you know, it's a great season. Y'all have a lot to look forward to. Y'all have a – y'all be in the playoffs for many years to come and we'll be Super Bowl. Dang, already hot take. This, this season this is going to end this year or this yeah. week. Yeah, it's um, over. It's, it, I can see that um, for sure, especially, like I said, if, they put, if their offense is as – you know, stagnant pedestrian as it was against that Ravens defense. Even though that Ravens defense, I think, has been, like, top five all year, honestly. But like you just said, shout out to them. They've had a great year. Josh Allen has had an amazing type of year. If it wasn't other quarterbacks that was excelling as much as they was, and, you know, Patrick and A-Rod in uh, Green Bay, he might have been considered for the MVP. 100%. Um, had an all-wide receiver type year, along with some other guys. So they had a great year. Um, like you said, it might come to an end this upcoming year. Um, but it's just cool, I guess, for them to see them back in prominence, um, their name to be back in the media, for them to have a winning squad. 
ever since you know them losing on Super Bowls back to back to back to back, I think four in a row. So that's um, crazy. That's yeah. like, I wouldn't even want to go if that's gonna happen four times in a row. Exactly. So like you said, maybe this this is a blessing in disguise that they uh season might end this week. So because you know they get to the championship, they got to face Brady again, who they've been terrorized all their life being in that AFC East division. So or possibly have to face Brady. Not uh, not saying that's who's gonna come out on top. You know, I feel yeah. like the NFL has a funny way of doing things. Um, wink, wink. But, you know, possibly have to face Brady in that Super Bowl and then maybe lose. So maybe it's a blessing in disguise. But good job. Shout out to these guys for, you know, having an amazing year, putting, amazing, putting together an amazing season and being in the position they are now to, you know, have one one more win into the Super Bowl. So, you know, that wraps up the show today. Um, another loaded episode. Like I said, it does it for another episode of what the game means to me. Of course, you know where to follow us at Facebook. You can rewatch this. Um and more at what game what the game means to me twitter at wtg mtm podcast and then also on instagram at what the game means thanks to off the ball network those guys you know for for chiming in thanks jeff for you know commenting and telling me to stop with my chad henny nonsense and yeah man that's uh that does it for the day that uh any last words before we head out uh nothing much another good episode we're gonna keep coming with more content and y'all just keep tuning in we appreciate you we appreciate all, everybody, all our subscribers, all our followers, and everybody that supports us. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And like I said, thanks for watching. And uh, we'll see. We'll see you soon. Have a good one, everyone.